Welcome to the Live Fit Listens podcast, a safe space of growth, personal development, and overall wellness with your host, Olivia Catania. Diving into the realms of all things health, conscious living, mental expansion, and much more, this podcast is designed to help you evolve into your best self and live fit. Let's get into the show. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Live Fit Listens podcast. Today, we're on episode 82, and this may be the most special episode ever. I've been trying to get this very special guest on this podcast pretty much ever since I started this podcast two years ago now. This has been very long awaited, very long anticipated. My father, Joe Catania, I cannot say enough good things about my dad. I admire him. I look up to him in so many ways. He is such an amazing role model for me. He's my hero and everything in between. There's so many things about him that inspires me, that motivates me, that helps to keep me going and helps me believe in all the potential that we have in life. Everything that he's been able to achieve in his lifetime has truly blown me away. And I just hope to be able to do half of what he has been able to do. And I feel so blessed to be his daughter and be able to learn from him. And I think the very least that I could do is share his guidance and share his wisdom with you all and with you guys listening. So I'm really excited to bring you guys this episode today. He was a little bit camera shy at first like he's a little bit quieter than normal I promise he's not this like flat in real life he just was a little bit camera shy first time getting on here but I'm so proud of him and I feel so appreciative towards him for actually coming up onto this episode a little bit of background for him to give you some context he grew up not really in a very abundant lifestyle I would say and he has now been able to grow and scale um, his own business and his own professional career into something bigger than he could have ever imagined. He is in the medical field. And so his life story of pretty much how he kind of came from nothing into creating something for his life just absolutely fascinates me. And it makes me so proud of him. And I just would love to share his story because I think he has so much valuable information and just lessons in the life that he's lived. He is the most dedicated, disciplined, you know, hardest working person I I truly think that I'll ever know. And I'm such a firm believer that that is why he is where he is today. So I just wanted to come on here and share his kind of pretty much his life story today and share some things that really helped him honestly break a lot of generational um, cycles for him, right? Like he grew up more so closer to poverty and he completely blew past that and has really created a life of abundance for himself and his family. You know, he grew up with a father that was less present, I should say, than he is now. And so he's really been able to be an amazing dad to myself and my three other siblings. And he's also really broke the cycle from a more so relatively unhealthy family into someone that is super disciplined and focused with fitness and really values it in his life. So in this episode, we're going to be speaking on behalf of those kind of three main pillars of mindset and success what it takes to be a good parent and touching on how much your character is impacted by being disciplined in the gym and with your health and fitness. Lift It Listens audience, I present to you none other than my beloved father, Joseph Catania. Joseph Catania, welcome to the deck. Okay, but you got him. Joe, for real though, we're just chatting, okay? Just okay, but I, am. I looked over, Joe's like, <laughs> well, what do you want me to do? Just chillax. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys, we finally have the long awaited, long anticipated guest, my father, Joseph Catania. Welcome finally to Live Fit Listens podcast. 
Well, it's good to be here, Livy. I appreciate you uh, wanting to hear from me, but I'm not sure I have too much more to add to your <laughs> podcast. So go ahead. Let's just say we had to pull some teeth for him to get here. But, you know, I believe that Joe, he's my one of my biggest role models. And even aside to not put so much pressure on it, I just think Joe and I have some great conversations and I always get value from pretty much anything Joe has to say. So I really wanted to share him because I'm very lucky to have him as a father so I feel like it's my duty to share the privilege of father Joe Papa Joe to the rest of the world so we start off every podcast episode with gratitude we share one thing that we're grateful for Joe so do you want to start us off one thing you're feeling really grateful for today okay today I'm very grateful for the mountains because I've played in the mountains all day (laughs) and it is one of my favorite places to spend my time that's a good gratitude, Jojo. My gratitude is that you're finally on the podcast. <laughs> because I've been, this has been over a year in the making. I've been trying to convince Joe to get on here. So that's definitely my, my gratitude for today. Okay, so I wanted to kind of start off this episode. I wanted you to kind of share a little bit. I want to basically go back to where it all started, which is your childhood. So I want you to share a little bit of the, share a little bit to the people to give them some perspective of kind of how you were raised, how you grew up kind of what you how would you describe your childhood well I'm I'm one of six children that grew up in a fairly ethnic household it was an Italian Catholic household Uh, I have four brothers one older and three younger and I have one older sister we went to public schools until high school and then went to a private high school before attending college and then medical school and so how would you kind of how would you describe your quality of life, I guess, during your upbringing? I would say my quality of life was a loving home, but somewhat chaotic since mm-hmm. we were eight of us living in a 900 square foot home, three bedrooms, one bathroom in the inner city, so to speak. So we did what you do in the inner city, meaning we rode a bicycle maybe around the streets. We played public sports such as little league baseball or pop warner football and then we had side jobs we did general jobs like a paper route with my older brother and i he was 12 i was nine and we delivered 110 papers and then as we got into high school we got more jobs where we did um maybe light uh convenience store kind of work uh sandwich shops and uh, worked at a at a secondary machine shop uh, in the summers and uh, basically earned earned our money for our recreation and played around with your brothers and sisters in the neighborhood right from a very young age so you would have you basically had to work for everything you had in, in your childhood you guys it's not like you guys were going hungry but you were not you know grandma wasn't buying your ski pass and whatever correct Correct. No, it wasn't even an option. There, right. One, we didn't have the same luxuries that are in the world today. Cell phones didn't exist. Computers didn't exist. Uh, recreating was more, as I said, in the neighborhood, empty building lots or in the cemetery that was nearby. We would ride our bikes in there and play games in the open fields within the cemetery. But the world was different. Every child didn't have a car. Every child didn't have all the Apple products. We didn't have iPods and, and uh, 
the individual computers and cameras and cell phones and and multiple toys. It simply just didn't exist. So you weren't tempted by that. And I'm curious, how much do you remember how much you were making on your paper route when you were nine? Maybe six dollars a week. <laughs> That's so crazy. But a nine year old is so little. Right. We my older brother was twelve. And so when he became thirteen, then I became ten and we would deliver papers each morning before school on some occasions when it was raining and just whatever the chaos was or the struggle was sometimes my mother would drive a station wagon down the middle of the street because they were secondary roads with not nearly the traffic you have today and we would run back and forth to the back of the station wagon and grab a handful of newspapers and we would run door to door and she would kind of keep rolling slowly up the street and that's how we would get it done when we had to do that each day before school. So as you were a kid, because again, it's not like you were really living in abundance, I guess, materialistically and, and financially. Do you feel like you always kind of had, and again, I think especially with your siblings, there's a very big gap, a very big variance between those that seem very driven and goal focused and have that intrinsic motivation and others of your siblings that don't necessarily have that same grit. Do you feel like you kind of always had kind of this innate drive and this kind of innate discipline in comparison to your siblings? Or do you feel like that was something that maybe developed as you, you know, aged and saw more? Or do you think it was maybe something that was instilled in you early on because you had to get these jobs so young? Do you know what I mean? I do understand. the. I, I do. Uh, the, I mean, a lot of it, is that you become a product of your environment. My older brother is exceptionally intelligent and was and is very focused and driven, very a good student. So he sort of helped drag me along. And then the farther you get in that arena, the more you either strive to excel or you fall out of the or you fall out of that uh that bucket. And I didn't really fall out of the bucket. The more I just strive to excel, it's more like there's a saying called knives. It takes knives of a similar hardness to stay sharp. And that's really what it was. You either align yourself with better people knowing that it's going to make you better, or you sort of quit and fall out of, off the path because it's an easier path. And I just, I just elected to stay in it as long as I could simply knowing that the alternative was the obvious alternative, fall out and just be mediocre. Right. And so I think the biggest thing that fascinates me about your story is that you did come from so little. And I think poverty mindset and lack mindset kind of fascinates me in a way because traditionally, you know, people just develop a certain association with success and kind of with money based on what they grew up with because that's kind of what they always only knew so that's just kind of what their expectation is of like oh you know I I would never be that person that lives in that house like I'm not that type of person I'm the one that stays in the inner city or whatever with you know a two-bedroom home or whatever the case may be just usually it they adopt this mindset of like that's them I'm not that type of person that is a successful individual so I'm so intrigued of how with growing up with so little what made you feel like you had it in you to eventually achieve success? Like what made you feel like you could kind of break that cycle in your family or believe that you could be as successful as you are today? Like, was it something that was conscious or was it something that it was kind of almost built little by little as you achieved a little bit, your confidence slowly started to scale? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot, 
a lot interwoven into your question, statement yeah. or question. Number one, I mean, success is defined very differently by every individual. Success can be determined by how much money you have. It could be determined by how happy you are. It could be determined by if you did the most philanthropic type of mm-hmm. of duties and felt rewarded in that regard. So, so I think we're going to have to use success as a generic term to say reaching your goals, I guess. And that's the right. way I would, yeah. I would probably <laughs> say it's safest for me to answer the question, but I clearly think the answer is in the question. And that's that you talked about mindset. And to me, I still, to this day, believe that if something was created by a human, then all humans have the ability to get it. So that's the way I live my life. Now, it doesn't mean I can do the same athletic accomplishment of a 20 year old because I'm 62 years old or and or it also doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to earn the amount of wealth of another person who did it but to some somewhere in between of whatever the line that you are implying that it that exhibits success I feel like we all have the ability to get to that line if you are able to live, breathe, eat, sleep, and digest the mindset that you can get there. And really, that's what it is. It's the mindset. It comes out of believing, then doing, then failing, then doing it again. There's a saying, you only fail when you stop or when you quit. So I just feel like if you never quit, you never really failed because you're still in the game. And that's how I did it. I just kept feeling like I'm still in the game. Therefore, I'm still moving forward. And it just seems to, I guess I don't want to say it seems to work because I still live it. I still wake up at night worrying about, am I going to make my goal? But I'm still in the game. So I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like I didn't make it yet. I just feel like I'm still right. trying to make it. You're in the process of it. And I, that's one of my favorite quotes. You only fail once you give up. And I actually did a whole podcast episode on that quote because it's so good. But it's really so true. It's like, you're, if you know what I mean? It's like you're still just, it doesn't mean that you're finished yet. You're just still in the process of doing it. So who's right. to say that you failed if you're like, no, I'm actually still working to achieve it. I think that's one of like a, a great quote for people to really take home and to have them keep going because so many people define failure in so many different ways when the thing that they don't realize is they're almost the very person declaring that they failed and to take them out of the game, I guess. But right. And by the same token, I think they're the only person that can, that can establish whether or not they reach success. Yeah, I I really do. I think that their success can be making a little bit of progress. I mean, some people progress faster than others, but some semblance of moving forward defines progression. And that's what you have to to sort of that's what that's what someone has to be able to accept is that enough progression to stay in the game right and it is like a self-intrinsic thing like what you're saying it is up to you it's not up to necessarily like society standards or no one else can tell you it's like what you feel I guess inside and what is fulfilling you but I want to still circle back to this mindset thing because I just am so because you're like you're one of the most like you are the most motivational inspirational dedicated person I I've ever known and I truly believe will ever know and so it's like for me I find it it's like well duh of course I have this kind of prosperous headspace because you've been such an integral part of showing me and teaching me what is possible and how important 
it is to have the certain mindset. Like I think, I truly think there's so much potential and I have so many options because you've told me uh, there's so much potential and I have so many options and you have to keep the goals at the front of your mind and that's how you're going to achieve them. And then you've showed me that in your life. So it's like, that's why I'm so, it's like, does it make sense to me as to how growing up the way you did, not having a super present, you know, award-winning father like I just I get the mindset thing and I agree with you it's so important but how did you develop that I don't know if you even have an answer to that that's why I'm like is it something instilled in you because like for me I think a big part of it was I'm so blessed the way I was raised by you but like so many people listening have absent parents they don't have people guiding them and so they're like well I don't really know if I'm worthy or capable of achieving success you know and so it's like you didn't have a parent telling you that but you told me that so that's why I believe in it so where did you grasp it? And that's what I'm talking about of how you broke such a big generational cycle in your family where you really broke out. I mean, especially in comparison to your siblings and how you grew up, like you really were, you really led the pack and completely pivoted in a different direction that I think is just so fascinating. I mean, it's a very tough question. I mean, what gives someone a drive from inside? I mean, I think number one, you have to believe. Number two, you just, you have to really want it. I think there is merit in struggles. I think there's merit in, in odd jobs. I think there's merit in becoming a believer that, that you can do it. And that's learned through small victories and trials and tribulations. But eventually you have to, you have to realize a, that you are the one that made you succeed, and also you're the one that causes your failure. So, I mean, how did I, how did I win that battle of sort of mind over matter? Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it really just became um, some sort of, sometime in my life, I had a football coach, he just, they just told me, you know, you have to want it and whatever the it is, but you have to want it. In football, that was a victory, a game. Um, but we think of these sports and these endeavors as insignificant, but they're really not. They're mini milestones, and you start to realize that if I can outwork someone or outwork the competition, I can make up for my lack of talent or my average talent. Mm -hmm. And there's a saying in, that uh, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And you have to believe that these sayings are, exist for a reason. So the only thing you can control is your, your level of hard work, your mm -hmm. input. You can't always control your output. But generally speaking, you think you are blessed maybe because of, for lack of a better term, that you quote unquote had a good upbringing. But I think I was blessed because... I had enough progress that it kept me still in the game. So I believed in myself and that was my blessing that if I worked hard enough, I would get there. And it doesn't mean every time and in every hurdle I succeeded. I just, it just meant in most of them I succeeded and in more than what the ones I didn't succeed in, I guess. And then you just keep moving forward. It's, it's it's that simple. I always feel like I'm going to pull my end of the yoke no matter what. And when I pulled my end of the yoke, we got to the point where we had to be. I've never heard that one. Pull pull your what do you say? Well, pull it's like the yoke. the yoke is sort of like in a biblical time, like the the oxen you would be pulling 
the yoke is like the harness, so to speak. Oh, it's another great quote. Joe always says is to kick the just keep kicking the pebble down the road. Well, I mean that one. Not it's not the same. I mean that <laughs> one is what I'm saying. You know, keeping your options open. I'm more like saying. You know, you, 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 when we were a kid walking to school and kids don't walk to school anymore, we would walk to school and you would, you were just out of boredom when you had to walk a 15 minutes to school. We could do that then. Now you, you can't because of fears for children and timeliness and school buses, but we would kick a, a pebble and you would just out of, again, out of boredom, you kick two or three pebbles and one would go far, one went in the ditch and one was an okay shot. So the one that went in the ditch, you were like, that one's gone. So now you had two pebbles to kick and you kicked the one that was mediocre and maybe that one was your next best kick and the one that went far wasn't so great. So you would play two or three pebbles down the road and and that's that, that's sort of a, a different saying of just keeping your options open. And I believe that. I think you need to work hard at your main goal, but you also have to have a backup plan. And um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of thinking about it. I don't want to get too sidetracked because some people would tell you that it, a secondary plan is a distraction from the initial plan. So there, I, I just think it needs to be whatever works for that particular person to keep their keep themselves in the game. I just always thought that meant, <laughs> to be honest, when you told me that, I thought that meant like, just keep making moves, like keep kicking the pebble down the road. Well, it is. It's keeping your options open. Keep, yeah. yeah. Keeping, I, I just so. thought you meant like keep persevering on it. Anyways, okay. Kind of changing gears, but not really. I want to ask you this question straight out, which I feel like I may be really beating the dead horse with this question but because i'm so i feel like you're like a science experiment to me joe but anyways if you wait no what do you think was the biggest piece um that got you to where you are today like do you think it was your mindset do you think it was simply your pure like perseverance not giving up do you think it was your work ethic was it networking was it taking risks you know and i mean in your big scale like whatever whatever you feel like was kind of a just like overall a big pivotal moment from, you know, where you were to where you are today. Are these like so loaded questions? Well, they're, they're challenging yeah. questions because they're not simple answers. I, I really believe if I, if I, if you really want me to narrow it down. I would love for you to narrow to it, narrow down. it like, down. Like if you, I believe, I believe, I believe it's the, it's, it's who you associate with in, in the people in your life at the time. I think it really makes a lot of sense to flock to people that you believe are high achievers, good quality individuals, good work ethic, uh, people that tend to strive for excellence, whatever that may be. If it's in, if it's in sports, it's a good athlete who's training well. If it's in academics, it's someone who's working hard. And if it's in uh, vocation, than the person that seems to have acquired the proper skill set. In my mind, I tried to be as accomplished at as many different areas as I could be. And that's where the analogy back to kicking the pebbles down the road are. I didn't just play one area. I didn't just try athletics or just try academics or just try vocational type things. That's what I meant when I said I kicked two or three pebbles down the road and sometimes more and, and see, and, and I kept playing as many pebbles as I could. And it's the same way that I did here. I associated when I played sports with the better athletes on the team. When I was in the academic classroom, I tried to associate with the most intelligent kids. When I worked, I tried to work with the most successful people. So, so if I had to narrow it down, I would say probably the most 
single most important ingredient is to surround yourself with people who you respect and, and feel that they've acquired the the excellence in that area. Right, and push you to be better. I mean, because that's another quote, like you are the sum of the top five people you spend the most time with. I think that it's like you're putting yourself in a prosper. When you said earlier, you're a product of your environment. It's like when you're in a prosperous environment, I help that. I feel like that inevitably helps you have better work ethic, help you persevere, help you, you know, be motivated to do things as like an inevitable result of being in that prosperous environment. Because there's another kind of quote or concept that like, you know, the most perfect, beautiful, amazing flower can't bloom in a poor environment, right? You got to put it where there's proper sunlight, where there's water, all that sort of stuff. And so it's kind of the same thing. It's not that there's anything wrong with a flower. It's more so it's in the not in the correct environment to flourish and prosper and putting yourself in an environment with individuals who are, you know, ahead of you or just have the same goals as you can help you prosper and kind of help almost activate those character traits needed and help you stick with those action steps needed to get to where you want to be in life. I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And it does not mean easy. Nowhere did we say right. with people that are easy, mediocre, m- mediocrity loves mediocrity. It doesn't, therefore no one is making someone else look bad. Mm-hmm. So when you're surrounding yourself with high achievers, you're working hard to measure up and in many days you're not where you need to be. But at, at the end of the day, you're farther ahead than where you would have been without that environment or without right. those people. But then I think there was also a very, you know, we were talking about the other day, it's pretty, a pretty pivotal moment in your career when you kind of decided to go off and start your own thing kind of before you even met your current business partner. You know, what made you kind of give, what was that motivating factor behind behind that that move because I think that was a very huge move in in where you are today mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 percent with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market well, I mean, I think what the, what the pivotal moment is when you realize that your your vision is different than the vision you're of the people you're aligned with, and that becomes the first sort of awakening that essentially you're speaking a different language, for more of a metaphor than than real terms. But your vision is different, and so then you have to say, okay, can I live with that? vision or not, or is it holding you back from potentially prospering? And again, prospering isn't only based on monetary terms. It's whatever we're defining success and prosper is. But when you get to that point, then there's that you, you, you will tend to sit there for a while and ruminate on it. And there's a lot of fear, apprehension, reluctance, uncertainty. And then at one point or another, you tend to feel enough confidence or in my case, I looked at my least common denominator essentially. Could I feed my family? Could I measure to where I am today if I even failed at my own quote unquote vision? And once you sort of believe that, that's when it was time to to cut ties and move on. And we were 
and I guess I was essentially correct because once I moved on on my own, my vision was better or correct in assuming I could do or be more than what I was when I was associated with right. the pre-existing situation. Right. I just think that's a huge reason for your success and it's something that really inspires me. Like I never felt, I feel like that's something you say, always move the needle or something. Like I just feel like you never, you never got comfortable. You were always like, how can I expand? How can I grow? How do I improve? How do I upscale? And it's like, that's something that I think so many people just get comfortable and they're like, eh, like this is enough, this is good enough, which again, depends on what's your valuing, but it's like, there's I'm- a, there, there is another saying that <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the way to avoid monotony or boredom is to strive for higher goals Mm -hmm. and that's that's the way that is absolutely what I believe and so and it happens often in professionals when you're in college and you're striving to get into graduate school or professional school in my case it was medical school you you got A's in your college but then the real goal was to get into medical school so then you get in once I got into medical school, I went through medical school, and then the goal was to get to the career path that I wanted, mm-hmm. sort of spoke the 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 the, the subspecialty. And then from there, it was, okay, now I'm going to build a practice. And then after that, it was like, okay, I could I could have been fine there, but then it was to acquire um, acquire real estate or mm-hmm. or other measures of financial security. And then after that, it was, you know, develop interpersonal development and running a business. And so there was a time when you could either sit and be satisfied or you can, you can strive for another goal. And in my case, it's, it's all about what I'd say reinventing myself every 10 years. That's Mm -hmm. what I try to do with my life is every 10 years or so I try to figure out the next best Joe that I can be. Right. It's just continuing to expand. It's continuing to up level. It's continuing to be better. And I think that carries over into so many areas of your life, which is why you're an inspiring individual. Like that doesn't just stop in the workplace. It's like with everything, like you cannot be around Joe Quintana and be complacent. Like Joe will make you feel really uncomfortable really fast. If you know, you're not, you know, striving to be your best self, which is the, what this podcast is evolving to your best self. Um, I I mean, my intention is not to make someone else feel inferior or inadequate or not their best self. It's, 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 um, I mean, I guess I would say I live and I lead by example. hundred percent. I mean, that is, that is what I believe. I never ask more of an individual around me than I'm willing to invest in myself. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly tell you that as your father, I always have said I will walk the walk with you, but it doesn't mean I'm not walking my walk. So I do your walk with my walk. And right. that's that's really what I believe is that I have to be able to be the best I can be in order to expect other people to be the best they can be. Right. And 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 I and I believe that. And it was and I can tell you even if we wanna sort of open up this podcast to the deep inner core, mm-hmm. I'm a better dad now than I was when I was 30 years old, no question. Right. 30 years old, and I would tell a 20-year-old this when you ask, there's a time in your life when you have to be selfish. And at, at 30 years old, my, I knew that my, my selfishness was actually meant to be 
more generous and gracious because I knew that if I didn't pay at 30, I wasn't going to be able to give back at 60. It was selfish today for an unselfish tomorrow. Correct. And that's a perfect way to put it. And so when you were younger, I, I guess I, I expected other people to nurture you while I continued to forge ahead so that your needs at, in 20 were able to be met by me at that time. Right. And that's, uh, and I, that's, and because of that, I circle back and say, okay, it's time for Joe to be a better Joe. And I think I'm a better listener. I have a lot more compassion. I, I tend to, um, be more philanthropic where I guess I, I meaning that I try to give back more, I guess I didn't pronounce it correctly, but, but that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm living for. And that's what I want to do now in this last de- decade of my life. Um, right is and to be more involved with helping other people reach their goals and dreams. Oh, Jojo. This is retirement, Jojo. <laughs> but um, not there yet, but soon. I think that was also a perfect segue because this was something I did want to touch on and I wasn't sure if we are going to have time on, but I wanted to talk about being a parent because there actually are quite a few parents that listen to this podcast episode, believe it or not, slash some people that are older than me that are like on their way to have children and kind of sticking with this main theme of kind of breaking through these generational cycles of like how you were raised it's like I just personally feel like the way you live now is literally night and day from how you were raised from my perception of how you were raised and so again you didn't necessarily have an award-winning father figure you know and so but now I think like you are truly the most present and like ruthlessly loyal father that I've ever seen like even in with my friends and everything like with the example that I've seen of other people I guess I should say and like what do you feel what helped you, you know, get to this point again? Was that something that was conscious when you were growing up and you were like, damn dad, that wasn't really, that was kind of crappy. Like I want to do this differently when I have children or like, where do you, how were you able to kind of break that cycle growing up and be such a present loyal father that your father necessarily wasn't was? Well, I mean, I, I don't, I think you're underselling grandpa, my parents, your grandmother and grandfather, they are incredibly present and they were incredibly present. Um, but it was relevant to the time. Mm. And when That's I grew up, point. when I grew up again, as I mentioned, we didn't have cell phones. So the saying was no news is good. It was no news is good news. Mm-hmm. Meaning you didn't call them unless you had a problem. It didn't mean they weren't on standby. It's just, there has actually been a, a polar shift since cell phones have come up that we text and call and communicate so regularly that lack of communication implies a problem or implies absenteeism. So I don't want to be measured to my parents because I still think they are great parents and God bless them. They're all still alive and we have a lot of longevity in our lives and they're still very involved and I don't care where I am or what we're doing. I can count on my mother and father to still do all they can do to help us. But that's a different sort of a different subject. Right, 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 right. But but I don't want but I don't want you to feel like I didn't have a good example is what I'm getting at. I don't want you to feel like I didn't have a good example. I do have a good example and I did have a good example. It was just displayed differently based on the tools at hand, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So take that out of the equation. Um now to answer your question of uh how do I stay involved in how do I lead? I feel, I truly believe it's harder for the younger generation today to succeed than it was when I was a younger person. But as a parent? Or do you mean in... 
No, where I'm getting at is is where I'm, where it's going is I don't think I don't think the younger generation can be left to succeed without more guidance. When I did it, I was more in a tract of staying on the track to to success, which meant my individuality. But as a parent, because I'm now I've educated and, and I've stayed connected with the world, I think the younger generation needs more parenting help. And that's just my philosophy. There's many mm. parents that don't believe that and they feel like they made it on their own so their child should make it on their own. So um, I guess I'm going to ask you to rephrase or, or, or funnel the question, but it, it is a belief issue more than anything else is that that as you kids have gotten more self-sufficient, you have a longer leash or a longer set of uh, a reins, if you will, not really a leash that implies something different, but more, more reins. And so I'm not as involved as you think. I'm just continuing to play backup for when you need me. I think you're involved, y'all. I call, I call you at the drop of a hat for everything. I guess my question was, and again, I really didn't mean that at like a jab of grandma and grandpa at all. I just meant like, I just feel like you are a very, very present involved father that I, I was under the impression, I'm not saying they were bad parents by any means, but I didn't think that grandpa was as present of a father as you are today, but you're saying that was more so just a difference in the times. I, I think it's a lot of it a different of times, but I also think you've said it best really when you joke around with me and you say that I bore my four best friends. That is true. Mm-hmm. I, I truly enjoy the company and love the involvement of my children. There has never been anything I've done in my life that isn't enriched or enhanced with my children being there with me. That's really the honest truth. I've and, and I don't know how else to say it. I don't enjoy skiing alone better than I do when I have my kids. I don't enjoy racing more than I do when I have Lucas there. I don't enjoy uh, our, our dinner by myself more than I do when I have my kids. I don't enjoy anything better than when I have my kids there. It doesn't mean I'm unhappy or I don't have enjoyment when they're not there. It's just always better with my, with my family and my children there. So to me, it's not a lot of work to be involved because that's what I live for every day. But like what I'm trying to say is not everyone feels that way. And so it's like, I just, I, I guess I don't know what to say about that, but I mean, to me, it's not. You just were meant to be a dad. Joe. Yeah, I guess it's not a lot of work. Life is about family. Life is about your children. Life is about life, and that's what life really is to me. I mean, everything I do and did is to make me better at being involved with my family. I live to lay my head down on the pillow knowing that I was the best Joe I could at that time, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to answer to, to God, however that exists, my children so that they feel proud of me and to my parents. So they feel that they raised a good citizen. That's it. Everyone else is secondary. Mm -hmm. And I think that also kind of comes back to, I mean, our, our whole family is so family oriented. Like grandma, grandpa, your siblings, right. like we just have a very family oriented family. And I kind of talk about that quite a bit, but it really is all that 
that is all that matters. And I also get that it kind of intrinsic, extrinsic motivational factor of like wanting to make the people, the important people in your life proud. Absolutely. I know. I don't, I would say that I have a handful of close best friends that I love in my life. I don't have a large network, but of the network I have, it's a very tight network. Mm-hmm. Same here, dog. Mm. We, because Cedar, let's say I said you're, I mean, your handful of friends are, is that four of the five, the four of the yeah. people, yeah. <laughs> those kids, <laughs> no, literally though. But I say that, I mean, even now, like none of none of us kids have like a raging social circle. This is getting off topic, but yeah, just because we just value family so much. It's just, it's hard also when, I struggle to like struggle. I struggle to feel like there's anyone that's going to be more important than like your blood, than your family. It's just, it's hard for me to ever think that I'm ever going to change that. But, but we're blessed to feel that way though, because some people just have really bad relationships with their family members or they just don't see any, you know, no one puts any effort into foster that like growing. We always, that was always the effort to foster that. Like as kids were doing things, they're always with their cousins going to grandma's like, uh, it, 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 it is true. That's, that's what is the focus for sure. Uh, but with that said, you have to pursue your individual, your, your individual, um, your individual interests, I guess I would say it like that, your individual interest to create the, the individuality and your, and your pursue your own, uh, your own self, but it doesn't have to come at the expense or, or in lieu of, of the quality time with their, your family or the close friends uh, that you that you have. I mean, there's a saying, friends are the family you choose. And so there should be a few of those people in your life as well. But what's the right number? Uh, I think 20 is too many. I think one might be too few, but I think probably somewhere in the three to five range is probably the right number. So what do you think was kind of the mo- what would you I guess advice would you give to any parents listening? What do you think is one of the main? I don't even really know how to phrase it. What do you think one is one of the main attributes or character traits or one of the best ways you need to show up for your child to be a good parent? What do you think has been most important in your? To be a I, I truly believe there, there's a few. Number one is you have to treat your child with respect. That is the number one. You have to be a very good listener, uh, and you have to let your child express their viewpoints because they are very, very intelligent young people that just grow to be intelligent, big people. Um, and I think it's important to tell your child that you love them mm-hmm. right up in, in those top three things. So you have to respect them, listen to them and love them. And if you do that, those simple three things, which are probably the hardest three things to do at the same time, you will have a very good relationship uh, with a child as a parent, respect them, listen to them and love them. It doesn't mean you don't discipline them. doesn't mean you don't get your chance mm-hmm. to tell them things. And it doesn't mean you don't have arguments, but you can do all of those things with respect, with listening and with love. And that, that that's beautiful, it. Girl. That's beautiful. <laughs> no, but for real, because I also think we have a very interesting relationship where I do literally classify Joe as like a friend, but I'm also still freaking scared <laughs> if shit is a fan. Like I'm, you know, so I feel like there's been such a interesting line you've been able to create of really being friends with your children, but also like still having that line of discipline and respect and authority still as being a father, which I find to be a very delicate dance that you've somehow managed to do well as we've gotten older. 
because Joe and I are besties, but then I know he'll lay it down if he needs to. So I think that's an interesting dynamic, and I do think that's also kind of important with parenting. It's like have that friendly relationship, but not too friendly where they don't need. Now I don't respect you. You know what I'm saying, or see you as someone as with authority and with wisdom. You know? Well, right, and if you lay the right foundation, the shift as a child gets older is more into friendship. Yeah, but the respect has to be there even when they're younger. And you get that respect by listening and you love them as you see how they've grown into a, an adult. And so it's really a process, but the same, the same points exist throughout the, the, the life of your relationship. Respect, listen, and love. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that was definitely so well said. And I think a lot of people can find a lot of value in that. It seems very simplistic, but the simple things are really the big things that really accumulate into a lot. Um, But so I kind of also want to switch gears one last time as we kind of get into the final leg of this episode. Not only when you were building your business, you were also building your uh, tree trunk legs and uh, getting straight in the jam. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your dedication to fitness because all these amazing attributes that you have of your work ethic, your discipline, your perseverance, like you're just your hunger to expand and, and, and betterment, which is another key word on this podcast and in the LifFit brand. Like you've always had that, not only in the workplace, not only with being a better father, not only being a better, you know, son, the best son that you can be and all that sort of stuff. You also translated that into your fitness and you've been working out for what? Lifting weights, lifting iron for 40 years more? Uh, more than that. We started out back in high school so again you're in high school you graduated 18 so probably somewhere in the 14 to 16 year old age group it just evolved the whole the whole existence of fitness and now it's a whole like industry a whole everything well yeah and again we we had we had a bar with steel plates i mean let's face it and actually what really was one of the earliest parts of fitness was when the the company uh that is still in existence today called Nautilus. They, they were the first weight machine type equipment and they came up with a cam system where it had variable resistance as you move through the motion. Um, but the reason I bring that up is, is that that started when I was around 15, 16 years old. And so that's when it became one of the earlier uh, fitness facilities. And one of our coaches at that time in high school had had started a a fitness facility. And so we started using that, but more importantly is your question is, you know, what is it or how do, how do, how do I balance it? And I would, I never asked that, but go for it. No, 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 you did. You asked something about how, um, uh, what made the drive for it. Okay. I, I, am I mistaken? No, I mean, it's on here anyway, keep going. But, but the point is, is, you know, again, there's a saying that, uh, that, uh, a sound body builds a strong mind or something like that. I forgot about that one. Well, and then that, and you can't be your best self mm-hmm. if you're not a complete self. So, um, that's, that's really the way I look at it. And I believe, again, this is going to be fairly judgmental and I apologize, but, but okay. someone who has, okay, let's call it that pa- passion versus judgmental. Is it, if you, if someone does not have enough self-respect to maintain a to degree of, of fitness yeah. by eating right, sleeping right, exercising properly. It tells me that there's other deeper seated uh, inconsistencies in their life. Mm-hmm. So I truly believe 
and I and again, as I mentioned before, I live by example. I believe it's important. I don't think you're going to be more intelligent if you only study books and never exercise. Now, that doesn't mean the night before a test or when you're studying for your big exam, you don't miss a workout or an exercise class that day. But that doesn't give you the lifelong excuse to have no regard for your body. You're building a business. You need to put more work hours and exercise hours. Absolutely makes sense. But you don't go to zero hours just like you don't go to all work hours, you still have to balance life as it exists. So to me, I always found, and this gets to your question of how did I manage it? I found I performed better when I included exercise in my life. Mm -hmm. I needed less sleep. It drove me to eat better. I felt stronger. My stamina was better. My mental acuity was sharper and my motivation was just that much more vivacious. And so exercise is medicine. Mm -hmm. It's simply medicinal for me. Yeah. No, and I think that's huge. And I think that's what people struggle with is their association with it. They see it's like this chore, what needs to be done, but you're saying kind of the opposite of like, it's completely elevated and magnified in every other, you know, aspect of your life. Like it's what allowed you to be your best self in other areas of your life, whether it's in your business, being a better partner, being a better dad, like it elevated other areas of your life. And I think that's what's so powerful about fitness. It's not this like drop thing that you have to do. That's this task. That's a chore. It's like, yes, it's something that needs to be done, but it's something for the benefit of you at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I I agree with that completely. And I, and I truly, I truly I truly believe it's part of the recipe. Right. You can't make cookies without sugar, even though I haven't ever baked cookies. I'm just guessing you, you can't. Yeah, like right. But 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 it, but I'm saying is you can't be your best self without mind and body right. focus, and that's really what you're doing. Yeah, and again, I, I would never profess myself to be above anyone else's exercise, nor would I profess that I'm a better businessman than someone else, nor would I say I'm more intelligent than someone else. I truly believe. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm -hmm. And so I lay awake at night going, what can Joe control? Joe can control hard work. I wasn't given great talent. I wasn't given great intellect. I wasn't given great aptitudes, but I can motivate myself. And that's the first step in success is getting on the ladder to start climbing up it. Right. And I think that's what's so powerful about fitness also in general is that it gives you and it, it instills these character traits that are needed that translate to other areas of your life that allow you to keep succeeding and climbing that ladder. And it's like, yeah, no, it's not about the, how much weight you can push. It's not about what your body looks like. It's not about who has, you know, more defined abs. Like it's about the character traits that in, inevitably kind of sculpts you like the person it sculpts you into when you are consistent with fitness and actually have made progress in it. Like the only way to do it is to basically pay your dues. Right. To really, you can't, you can't buy it. You can't cheat it. You love just it. have to put your time yeah, in. I love it. That's exactly but so then right. It, like, do you know what I'm saying? It, like yeah. curates you, your, it curates your character into, you know, in, as a result of it. And then that's what bleeds into other areas of your life. And so I feel like that's what you're saying. It's like, and that's, that is exactly what I'm saying. When I tell right. you that if I interview someone for a job or I visit with someone for an event, or I'm trying to sort of make a, an assessment of an individual, someone who is so deconditioned, I feel their level of self-respect is low enough that it it concerns me. Right. And that's what I would say. It is concerning. It isn't the end all, 
but it's concerning. And so the, the, the one thing you're talking about fitness, and I say this to you at 24 years old, if I can disclose your age, you still make gains when you're 62 years old. Yeah. The true motivation is doing it at 62 because every day in the gym, I'm a little weaker than I was the day before. So the easiest, right. The easiest answer for me is just don't go anymore, but I view it just the opposite. I view it as more of a need to go today than I had ever before in my life because I, I feel like I'm just sliding backwards, but if I can slow the decay and slow the slide, I'm doing better than I would if I didn't go. So I go with zero reward where you can go with gains as a reward. Like, oh, maybe this will change and this will change. And I have more like short-term kind of things, short-term changes I have the potential to see to keep me kind of going. Right. So do you think what like basically what keeps you going now is just to try to uphold your longevity and health? What keeps me going now so I can do my hell yes. Uh, no, what keeps me going now is just to really to aspire to be able to stay involved in life. I just don't, I just don't want to die on the sidelines. As I say, and I've said this in other, other commentaries I've been invited to say is that I'm going to earn the rocking chair. I am not mm-hmm. going out of this world without a fight. And I think I need to have all my faculties. I need to, to have a sharp mind and a strong body and a whole lot of desire because it's really easy to get complacent with early bird dinner mm-hmm. and a TV show and go to bed. And that is not the way I'm planning to go out. Don't give me all hype, Joe. That got me juiced, Joe. <laughs> that is just what's inside. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't make that up. I, 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 and I would even and go a step further. Yeah. And I would say that's why I don't hungry. I don't need social media to, to prove I don't show what I do on social media. Character is what you do and no one's watching. And now you're the one that's still doing it when you ain't got an audience no more. Right. And I I don't, I don't need a cheerleader because I, I am my own motivator and I started it and I'm going to finish it that way. And I think that's almost, it's, it's something kind of fascinating. And I feel like it's something that you almost just got to digest and adopt the mindset in life. It's kind of like, you just got to adopt how do I even phrase this? Sometimes it's just you got to want to be better just simply for for the pure fact of being better. Like without there's so much external reward and gratification in our you know, like some people are like, why did I do that? What's in it for me? Do you know what I mean? I got and they kind of exa- want some sort exactly. of like, oh, here's money. Here's a better body. Here's a boyfriend. Right. Here's fame. Here's, you know, you got a, a, a page in a magazine cover. And it's like so many people need this incentive to do something. And it's like. I feel like really, this is kind of a good one. I feel like the only way to, not the only way, but if you can digest this and adopt this earlier of just doing things simply for the sake of being better, like I feel like so many people would be amazed at where they end up going in life by stopping, stopping to wait for this certain reward. You know what I mean? And just simply get it done for the sake of getting it done and being better for themselves. And then I've been thinking about this quote this whole time of this episode, characters, what you do and know what he's watching. Because when you said your quote from the basketball coach or whatever, your football coach, I think you did tell me a character is what you do when I was watching. But I also learned it from Coach Evans, my basketball coach. And I was young when he said that. I think I was in like eighth grade. And I still remember the day he said that character is what you do when nobody's watching. And from that point forward, I really think that's when something for me, at least, that keeps me going. Like no one knows that I make my bed every morning or no one knows like little things that I do, like say my affirmations. You know, it, it's for me. You know what I mean? And it's like. 
I think that's been something that's allowed me to stay with my own goals. Like even though I'm, even though I'm at such a small scale, it's like I've always remembered that quote of like you're doing it just simply because it's the right thing to do, essentially. And that's kind of what I also right. feel about you going to the gym and being better. It's like that's kind of just the right thing to do is right. to be the best thing that you can be. And if all of humanity did what they could to be the best person they could be, our world would look so much different. And then when everyone says we got to change the world, change the world, and you're looking at this collective, we need to start individually. And that's why it's like these little conversations that seem so trivial when you're like, well, what do I have to say? It's like this little conversation. If only 10 people who listen to this say, damn, like I'm going to start doing the best that I can every day tomorrow. Like that is how we start to change the world on the, in the individual scale that eventually impacts it accumulates to the collective you, you, know? you nailed it yeah changing the world starts with changing yourself 100 period that's it and and i do believe that if you're if you're looking for external accolades as soon as you don't reach the accolade or the tangible trophy money you name it or notoriety dissipates what's left so right. to me and then it's unsustainable i ex- exactly to me it's not about the tangible assets it, to me it's about the interpersonal fulfillment that is that is the the priceless reward right it's the internal fulfillment right and i think any in order to make any progress with anything you have to be consistent with it i always kind of use the analogy like a, for a car to get to a to b the wheels have to consistently turn they didn't turn three times and you made it from new york to florida like it's going over and over and over again and so it's like Basically, what I'm trying to say is success, whatever way that defines you, any goal that you have set for yourself, you need to be consistent with it to achieve it. And so it's the little things that you're doing day in and day out. Like I feel like that's a kind of common quote or concept that people think it's like this big life changing moment that got them them some success. But really, it's their micro habits that they did day in and day out that slowly accumulated into their success that they have now and so you kind of in order to stick with those habits like those habits day in and day out you need to lose this expectation of this big reward every time you do it you kind of just got to put your head down and keep grinding it again simply because it's the right thing to do and for your own internal fulfillment and that's what accumulates into success one day before you know it I agree there's a saying, success is a journey, not a destination. Oh, that's Joe's favorite. That one, that's going down with you, Joe. That's probably the most iconic one that you always say. And that's a good one, too, because that's the thing. So many people are like, I'm going to do this. Am I there yet? I'm going right. to do this. Am I successful yet? I'm do this. Am I a millionaire yet? And then you're never actually focused on the process of doing it. And what you're saying is the whole point of it is the process right it's the journey yes yes and that's how that's how someone that's 20 can be successful just as well who someone who's 60 can be successful or someone like warren buffett at 89 is still successful it's 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 absolutely the journey and and what you do along the way that defines success you don't get off the bus at the stop that says success it just doesn't right. happen like well because that. what's kind of morbid but like the only time there's a destination where you're stopping is when you're under when you're in the grave you know what i'm saying when you cross over so it's like life the like the very epitome of life is the fact that it is a process so it's like if you're saying that you can't wait to reach the destination then you're just rushing life to be finished you know what i mean and it's like what's the point of that it's like the whole journey is life itself you know it's it's exactly what it is I think something that really made you just like accomplish all that you have in your life whether that's in the gym being a really good dad or you know in your business I think it was that you were so you're just quite literally obsessed with 
being the don't chuckle. We always like to classify Joe as um an extremist, to put it nicely. He doesn't. But it's not have that. It, it, it's not. It's commitment. I when I take oh, care of my patients, when, when I take care of patients, I try to be committed to making their life better. When I exercise, I try to be committed to to making that workout beneficial. When I when I play a sport, I try to be as proficient and excel as much as I can. So I don't I don't live in a lazy fashion. I live in a committed driven sense. I I live with purpose. I guess that would what I would say. I purpose live- and passion. But that's what I'm trying to say is that's an underlying theme of your character that has allowed everything in your life to come into fruition as it is and, and has manifest the way that it is. I guess you're saying that from the outsider looking in. I don't I don't do it to show anyone. I don't have I don't have a Facebook page. I don't have social media. I don't post things to quote unquote whatever that means about my life. I live my no, life. I know. I'm not saying to post it. I'm saying that's why you are living this life you are today because of the the theme and the mindset and the character that you've taken on every task in your life. I I, I, I guess I if that's what it lo- appears from the outside, then I guess you're right. I just would say to you, I live with a purpose. Today's Sunday morning. I woke up, I went to the gym, then I, I trained at the water ramp park to be a better ski jumper in the moguls at 62 years old. Olympics. And then, well, you never know. There could be a senior Olympics. Um, and then, and then I, after that, I, I rode a bicycle 30 miles and now I'm sitting here sort of talking with you and the day there's still more on the list to get done today. And this is a Sunday off day but it's about the it's just the steady grind every day right. you're, you're just showing up every day and you're doing the best that you can do i guess it's a good way to put it we're showing up we're showing up i'm not just wasting but a the, day the thing is people underestimate that but it's like that compounds to really big freaking things yeah i do i don't have i don't allow i don't have i don't make space for an off day there there's just there's just no there's no days I checked out. There's no mental health day, cheat day, off day, snow day, non-existent day. I just don't have those. I'm not ready for those yet. I will someday, but I'm just not ready yet. I'm not convinced it's coming someday. I was waiting for that one to come out. That's another one of his iconic quotes. Well, thank you so much, Joe, for coming on the show. We're coming up at about an hour-ish. Um, I think you're so inspiring, and I think you really had you dropped some good ones. Joe's always notorious for dropping in some good quotes. Like when him and I are talking, he'll just like drop it. He always goes, there's a quote that says, and then I perk up, and it just like hits me exactly what needs to be said. And then I always remember them, and they really are things that get me through. So I hope you guys found some bits of inspiration, clarity, you know, encouragement in this episode and some words of wisdom for Jojo. Um, my audience knows I always finish each episode with an affirmation, which I don't know if you did your homework and prepped an affirmation. So I'll go first. <laughs> so my affirmation for today, because I thought it would be very fitting with the theme of this podcast episode is I am ruthless in the pursuit of my goals. I am ruthless in the pursuit of my goals. That's pretty fitting. Yeah, it is. It is. Joe's trying to frantically rack his brain Ooh, for his own. I guess I'm going to go back to our 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 podcast, and I would just say, my affirmation is that I intend to live with purpose. That's. I mean, that is. That was so good. Say it again. We repeat it. I intend to live with purpose. And Joe, that's it. he's so effortlessly profound. That was so good, Joe. That was so fitting. 
All right. Thank you so much. Um, I feel like, you know, when people normally have a podcast guest, they're like, where can we find you? What's your social media? Joe's incognito, even though I'd love for him to start social media, because even though he can be quite controversial, he's he's you know, he knows what he believes in. He's passionate. And there's a lot to be said for that. But anyways, maybe one day we'll have Joe on again if I can wrangle him in. No one hold your breath, though. Anyways, thank you so much, Joe. Love you forever. Thanks, thanks for thanks for having me, and and I hope that I can shed some insight because there is a lot to be lived in life. And when you get old and look back, a lot of the things that seemed to be so significant really are insignificant. So if you can mm-hmm. if you can push through and keep your eyes up, as I say, keep your eyes up on the horizon, you'll reach your goal. It's when you let the day to day bumps get you down that you fall off the path. And so. Keep your vision up and keep your goals in sight. Thank you so much, Joe. Never stop and drop in wisdom. Thank you guys so much for watching or listening. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, don't forget to leave a little thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps so much with um, getting this podcast to reach more people and therefore impact more lives. We definitely want Joe's message to reach as many ears as possible. Thank you guys so much. and I hope you guys have a beautiful week and I'll see you next epi. Peace out.